From the Rose Garden is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Blazers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Whether it's the in-app panoramic seat view with photos from every section or the easy-to-use two-tap checkout, download the GameTime app, score tickets, score deals, go Blazers. I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to From the Rose Garden. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined by my co-host, Jason Quick. Jason, season starts this week. Are you ready? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I always hate the preseason, and uh, the great thing about this season opener, it's a rematch uh, of the second round of the playoffs, and it's going to be a, a great matchup against Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, listen, we are all ready for real basketball to start uh, to to kick off the season and to help launch this show, you were able to land a very special guest for us this week. Yeah, Damian Lillard uh, was kind enough to to give us some time, and I sat down with him after one of the Blazers practices. And I think it's really a great look into just how selfless Damian is when it comes to not only carrying himself, but but leading this team. And I think you'll be able to see why he resonates so deeply with his teammates and why they uh, are willing to follow him uh, the way they do. He's just, uh, nothing is really about him. It's about making other people better. And I think you'll really get this throughout this interview. Yeah, I had a chance to listen to it. And uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Without further ado, here's Jason's interview with Damian Lillard. Dame, thanks for joining us. Um, I really appreciate it. I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed about you through the years is how well you get to know your teammates and how you are able to kind of share that with us about what kind of makes them tick. Yeah. This year, obviously, there's a a whole new batch of guys coming in. I was wondering if you could kind of give us some insight into some of the new guys, uh, starting with Hassan Whiteside. (laughs) I mean, Hassan is was almost here a few years ago when we first when we had the turnover to begin with. And then um coming off that year where we beat the Clippers and um went into free agency trying to figure out what we was gonna do. He was one of our targets and, you know, me and him spoke a lot around that time and he was gonna come to Portland. But, you know, he got he got offered a deal, he couldn't turn down, living in Miami. I mean they gave him that opportunity so he kinda like played it that way. So from that point on, we like kept in contact and we kind of built, you know, a friendship and I got to know him. So even when we got him this summer and people were saying stuff about, you know, his attitude and it's going to be hard for us, I knew it was something that we would be able to to deal with, you know, something that we would be able to 
kind of put our arms around and, you know, make a good situation out of it. And, I mean, he's a great dude. You know, I know that now more than I did before. Always positive, always smiling. But he's also somebody that you got to stay on. You know, he's a, a a big. You know, bigs are people that need to be patted on the back and kicked in the ass sometimes. And But he, I think, is, is very evident to everybody that he's excited about being here. Um, he wants to um, make the best of it. You know, it's not just like he's coming here and bad attitude. His attitude is positive. You know, he he's buying in to what we do, um, and he wants to have a positive impact on our team. So I think that's – it's been a great start with him. Yeah. Baysmore. Kent Baysmore. I love Bays. He's um, – me and him was in the same group in rookie transition. We were like – we was partners in a few things that we did. And that was like when me and him kind of started to get cool, um, both coming from mid-majors. And um, we connected over some things even back then. You know, him being excited to be here and being in the situation he was in the last few years, he wants to win and he wants to be a part of a good environment and, you know, guys that are closer in age with him. So I think it's it's also obvious with him that he's really enjoying just being a part of a, a stable, solid, um, mature environment. And, um, you know, he's all in. So it's it's just good to see guys like that who are, you know, good people, work hard, and actually bring something to the table to improve our team. You know, it's good to have them around and, like, they want to be a part of it. They're excited about it. It's fresh for them. Um, you know, I think it's a really good thing. But he's a he's one of those guys that just gets it. You know, he just understands. One of the guys who's opened my eyes from a player standpoint, Mario. Yeah. Hezonia. What What have you seen from Mario? I mean, just a, a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Orlando – um, he didn't get much of an opportunity. Uh, they let him go. We also tried to get him last year. He chose New York because who wouldn't? And it didn't work out, and he ended up here. And I just think, um, you know, he has so much to, to show. Uh, his ability to pass the ball, he can defend. He's a good on-ball defender when he wants to. Good athlete. He can shoot the ball when he wants to. It's just a lot of ways he can impact the game and help our team uh, when he puts his mind to it. But... I think when you are younger and you haven't been a part of successful teams and, you know, you haven't been a part of teams that are, you know, all the way together and about each other, you kind of get used to certain environments. And I think he's come here and realized that it's a little bit different and he's kind of adapting to that. He's starting to see, like, his body language. Like, if something don't happen right, it's going to be all right. Like, don't be so emotional and so upset about everything. And I I remind him all the time. And he doesn't have a bad attitude about it. So that's how you know, like, it's something good there. And um, he hasn't been given, you know, a, a complete opportunity to really show what he can do in a good situation. And um, I think that's what he's going to have the opportunity to do here. So I'm excited about, you know, what he can bring to our team. Anthony Tolliver. AT is – he's a lot like – who's somebody that we played to? He's like a – in the locker room, he's a lot like Ed Davis. Is that right? Like how Ed is just like, not as far as the trash talk, Ed Davis, just like the the presence. It's just like steady. steady. Always doing, going to do the right thing on offense. Always going to be trying to screen and get you open. Always communicating. Always the same mood. Always just like keeping it light. You know, it's like he just has a, 
a huge veteran presence, you know, with the team. It's like, so this guy's much younger than him, but he's not giving him the old head talk. He's like, hey, man, what's up, man? You know, he'll chat with him. And then when he come to us, it's like, yeah, we got to be able to communicate in these situations because the coaches aren't going to be able to govern us through everything. He's like, he just kind of like bridging the gap and just in touch with everything and everybody. And it's just that veteran presence, you know, and he, and he also brings a, a skill that we need at his position, just being able to shoot the ball and defend, you know, being able to switch and guard guards and also guard bigs. I think he, he also brings something that we're going to really be able to use. Pau Gasol, I, I love that story you told me earlier in training camp of running into him by the cold tub and yeah. you know, kind of relaying Kobe stories. But what have you got from Pau so far? I think the experience more than anything. You And you know he just so been around so long and he knows so much and has experienced so much from the championships to being on the, the Lakers when they went bad. He's doesn't say a whole lot. It'll be like an ongoing conversation for 10 minutes and then the minute 11 to 15, he'll jump in and he'll say a few things and then he'll jump out. And then it's another conversation going on. He'll jump in. He'll say a few things. It's like he let everybody else say what they got to say. He kind of like he listened, and then he hit you with what he got to say. Like it's a real, real veteran presence and experience about him. And I think that's what our team, that's what we need. Like um, every conversation I'm having with him, like he hears me out, and then he's like, well, you got to think about this and think about that. And, you know, he just kind of break it down to me and give me that perspective. Just like that time by the coach, I was like, man, I want to win the championship. I, w I really need to win the championship. Like, I want to know what that it feels like. I, we need to have that. And he was just like, he didn't just kind of egg it on, like, yeah, let's win the championship. He was like, you can win the championship. He said, but every other team is saying the same thing. So what are we going to do to – give ourselves a better chance than everybody else. Like, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to get everybody else to do? Like, he gave me that. And nobody ever came at me with that. And it was just like, it made me think, you know? So I think he has that type of energy for our team. Go to the other end of the spectrum, the youngster, Nasir. Nas is, um, I didn't know what to expect from him. You know, he was a major talent coming out of high school, went to North Carolina. Um, supposed to be drafted really high, but failed to us. And I just, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't see much of him in summer league and stuff. And getting to be around him now, like I never would have, I never would have guessed he was as like polite as he is. He's just like, I mean, he like strong and athletic and solid. He got the nappy hair and you don't judge him for that, but you just don't expect him to be like so polite and, genuine and you know what I mean just such a cool young dude and we get on the court and he just in camp you know you get yelled at a few times like Nas you can't you know and he's just like okay and he'll ask questions and then he'll like he apply what you what you say to him so it's like I've been really impressed with like who he is as a person like how he is you know because he's young and coming into the NBA he's comfortable like with himself and just a, a really, really cool young dude. So we've just gone through six new players. Yeah. And obviously for the last four or five years, a big kind of part of your guys' identity has been your chemistry and how yeah. close you guys are. You guys just got back off your first road trip. 
in the preseason. Was there any stories or any, did you see any that bonding start to happen? Or is there any moment from that trip that you were like, we're going to be all right? I mean, I've, I've always, I've, I've felt like we was going to be all right as soon as we made a lot of moves, um, just because of what I thought the guys could do for our team. And obviously you got to come together and then you're like, oh, okay, I was right about this. Maybe I was wrong. And once our team got together and we was doing our stuff like on the field and all that stuff, I was like, this is going to be all right. Because usually like if a, a player who's been in the league comes in and we do stuff at the track, they'll be like, you know, y'all do this all the time. Or, you know, they'll ask questions like that, almost like we don't want to really be doing this. Or, you know, y'all do this all the time. Or, you know, they'll halfway do it or, you know, act. it'll be that type of vibe sometimes. And we didn't have none of it. Guys just showed up. And, you know, I remember Bays being like, man, this is the kind of stuff I miss. Like, this, and it's just like those type of comments. And it was like everybody was bought in. It was like we was going from the track to the weight room to warming up on the court, hooping. And it was just like a lot of activity to be before training camp. And nobody said nothing. And I was – that's what kind of made me like, yeah, all right, this, we're going to be all right because I know at least we're willing to do the work. But as far as the road trip – it wasn't really no moments except like the the group chat that we have where they're telling us our times to be here, times to be there, buses and all that stuff. A random like big conversation broke out, just like broke out. And it was like funny because it was after the game in Denver. So like Tweeting went through this whole training camp and all this stuff and like a big conversation just breaks out in the group chat where people clowning other people and so you guys are on the plane while this is happening we're on a bus so it's like some people got on the first bus and they're on the plane right and then like some of us are on a bus but we're all sitting next to each other on the bus and like somebody say something and then you just hear a few people laugh out loud but it's like the entire team is in the chat making comments laughing at this person clowning like right and um one of the training camp guys was like man how y'all gonna wait till to the end of the preseason when we all on the way out to get the group chat popping like this. like, And it was just like, that was a moment where everybody literally was just like, it just started a, a big conversation, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. You were recently voted the best leader by the GMs in the NBA. What aspect of leadership do you kind of value the most? Because there's a lot of different layers that yeah, it go is. into it's being a, a leader. A I think the one I value the most is um, serving my teammates. Whether it's me making sure CJ gets every opportunity to score or keep rolling or whatever, or that's me talking um, to Ant as often as possible to make make sure he's as confident and sure of himself and comfortable on the floor as possible. Um, encouraging Zach, you know, however I can be of service to them and them being better or more comfortable or um, being at peace with what they they are to our team, like to me, that's the that's the biggest one to me because I genuinely in my heart want my teammates to like feel good about what they're doing. I want them to feel confident, and I want them to feel like they're a part of it. I don't ever want them to think it's about me because I'm the highest paid or I make the All Star games. I don't ever want them to be like that. So I I take a lot of pride in making sure they know, like, look, I'm. I'm here for y'all. Like, however I can be of service to y'all, like, it, we all going to go down together. And 
we all gonna win games together. So like, I that's my favorite part about it. Yeah. I think one of the things that always strikes me about you is is how you move other players. Like you, you affect them, you inspire yeah. them, you move them. Uh, whether it be Nurk, you know, putting your arm and, and giving them that nurture yeah. and stuff, uh, taking the time to understand what makes et et. Yeah. When's the last time someone's moved you? Or inspired you or who does that for you well I have people in my life that that do it for me like I had like I've always been that type of person like serve people because I like to see people feel good about themselves and do well so I've always been that way and my trainer Phil Beckner maybe five six years ago um, like I was just like drained I was just like struggling I was I don't know not down but I was just like man you know and it's because I was just trying to do this for my cousins trying to do this for this person trying to look out for my like in my personal life like off the court trying to do stuff for everybody then on the court I'm trying to make sure that Wes is like happy make sure LA is happy make sure this is cool make sure coach is happy like I was just drained and he was like you you can't like feel less of a person because you let other people pour into you as well because you pour into people nonstop. And he was like, from now on, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to pour into you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to be behind you. And he was the first person to like say that he was going to like do that for me and like literally has like taken it almost as a challenge to like just no matter what, if I'm mad at him or whatever, just like support me, pour into me and help me out. So Phil was that has been that person for me now for years. But him saying that to me helped me learn to allow people to do it more. So David Vanderpool, Phil Beckner, Raymond Young, my AAU coach and trainer in high school, um, my dad, um, my cousins, like I Phil opened my eyes to make me allow other people to do it. Like when I come home sometimes, like I could be on the road or I could be have to get up and go to practice, so I'm tired, so I sleep in longer, and my trash got to be pulled outside my gate at 7 a.m. Like, I didn't want to tell people, like, can you pull my trash out? Because I didn't want it to feel like they was, you know what I'm saying? And it got to the point where, like, my cousins, like, would come to my house and work out in my gym, and it would be early in the morning. They'll take, pull my trash cans out, like, allowing people to just help me and do stuff like that. And that's kind of like um, – how it's been that's how i'm able to stay pushing and stay myself it's interesting this kind of dovetails into my next question every year you've been able to come and add something to your game you know early on it was finishing around the rim Mm -hmm. you've gotten better at defense uh, better at game management and i was talking to somebody in the blazers front office this summer and they're like he has done so much for us it's time for us to do something for him yeah and the way that it's kind of in theory is we've got guys who can handle the ball more, Mario, yeah. and yeah. and that can get you to play off the ball. Do you envision yourself playing more off the ball this year, yeah. and how will that help? I mean, I do see myself playing off the ball a lot more. And I mean, especially at the beginning, like first 20 games, I can see myself like forcing myself to do it more because I think I won't be as tired in games if I do that. 
Um, and I think like my quality of shots and opportunities will go up because we have guys who can handle and can make the plays. Um, so, I mean, I, I plan on it being that way. Now, if I do it and it's not being successful, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> go back to you. I'm go- I mean, I'm going to be me regardless, yeah, yeah. but like, it's no different than any other situation we've been in when it's, when it has to get done, I'm going to go and go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Now, next month we have to do a story on the best moment of the decade for this franchise. <laughs> There's two, two choices. There's the shot or the wave. <laughs> and I think the best moment was game winning game seven in Denver. Really? Yeah. I mean Western Conference Finals, like Yeah. That's a big deal. But as far as an iconic moment I mean iconic that, moment, I think it'd be one of those shots. I would say the one against OKC. Why does that more than the, the Houston one? I think just because it was um coming off of the kind of playoff appearance that we had the previous year and then responding that way um, in the first round against a team with two elite players like Russ and Paul George. Um, nobody picked us to really win the series. Um, and it was a 50-point game, game winner, walk-off. I mean, I just think it was a bigger deal. Yeah. All right. I know you got to go here soon. Like, I got three remaining questions for you. And you know me, I'm always going to go kind of deep and get a little emotional. Uh, what has a, being a father taught you? What it's taught me, I've known a lot of already because having nephews living in the house with me and like being so tight with my parents is like I kind of like could see it in them, like how they deal with me and my brother and my sister. But having a son, I learned that the family is what's most important. Um, it put things into perspective, just not to lose sight of the most important things. And I think it's, it's helped me as a basketball player because a lot of times we get caught up in, oh, we lost a few games in a row. They said you don't have a championship or they said you don't perform and you don't. And it's like you think about that stuff and that stuff is why a lot of players right now even deal with some of the mental issues and like this stuff like it's a struggle I think the the times that we play in now are harder than the past even though we make a lot of money because of social media and like media is such a big deal like even on TV what we have to deal with like that's pressure and stress and can cause a lot of issues for people uh, mental health and having a son kind of made me just back off of all of it where in the past I would just be like he said this, or this person think that, like, I mean, I was hearing it and I was like offended by stuff. Now I'm just like, well, when I'm 40 years old, I'm gonna be a very wealthy man. And it's not about the money, but I'm gonna be a very wealthy 40 year old. My family is like doing great. And that's what matters. Like the, the people on TV, they're not gonna be talking about me they're going to be talking about some other 25-year-old that's, like, killing. And, like, they're not going to be worried about me when I move on from this. So, like, why am I sitting here worried and stressing and kind of losing perspective on what's really important in my life when 
they just talking about me because this is what's now. Like, I'm playing right now. But it's going to come a day where y'all not going to be worried about – y'all going to be in here watching the Blazers practice, and I'm going to be at home with my son. Like, yeah. So it's like giving me that type of perspective to just don't lose sight of what's important. And when you when you get that type of perspective, it it makes it easier to enjoy enjoy your teammates. Like, I'm not ever going to get to play with these dudes again. Like – I'm going to look back and be like, I played with LaMarcus Aldridge and I played with this person and CJ McCollum. Like, like I'll be a damn fool not to just enjoy it and let this other stuff take away from that, you know? So it's giving me that type of perspective. Now, Damian Jr. know what he's going to be for Halloween? Um, I'm going to be Batman and he Robin. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And are you going to take him out Halloween? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Last time you've cried. The last time I cried, dang. Last time I cried. Must have been a while. Been a while. Because I'm not an emotional person. Like, I just go into deep. I get, I just get really hurt. Like, if it's something that's going to make me cry, I just really, I get really hurt by stuff. Like, to where I'll, it'll bother me for a long time. But I won't, yeah, I'll just be like, damn, like, really? Like, But the last time I cried was probably, I feel like I've shed a tear maybe last year. Um, one of my aunts died from cancer last year. And she was like my aunt that, one of my aunts that was just like into sports, was always around like, you know when you got family that like know you, they know the rules of basketball, but they not like deep into it. Like she was into sports, like used to braid the Atlanta Falcons. She moved from Oakland to Atlanta when I was younger, and she used to twist my hair and stuff. And she moved to Atlanta, and she used to twist all the uh, players on the Falcons' hair because she did hair. Like she just randomly started coming to Portland a lot. She was just like, oh, I'm I'm coming to Portland this weekend, you know. And she'd be out there for a week. But she was always just so tired and just drained and everybody be going to dinner. She'd stay at the house. And I'm like, why is she? At first I was like, she just coming to Portland a lot lately. Like every time she was going somewhere, she was just coming to Portland. I'm almost like she just wanted to be around us because she knew what was going on and nobody knew. And she was um, really sick. And I remember um, she moved in with my grandmother in Oakland. And when she moved in with her, it was like, she knew it was she knew it was the end mm-hmm. and i mean she passed away at my grandmother's house i facetimed her and she literally was like died like we was on we did facetime and that was probably the last time i like cried because i was hurt by that because she was like young and owned hair salons in oakland and like she was in a good position in her life she was fine she just got sick before that i think um when I found out that my grandmother had cancer, because I that that hurt me too. Last question: uh, If there's one moment in your life that you could take back or do over again, what would that be? It could be on the court, it could be off the court. There was one moment. Yeah. Anything eat at you that you wish you could have back? It is a moment that I wish I could have back, but I'm not going to share it. Oh man. <laughs> Hey. I'm not going to share it, man. Is it on the court or off the court? Off the court. I have, I have, I've had a moment on the court that I wish I didn't do. What's that? But um, I've also had one on some stuff off the court.
What, what was the one? Rough on the court? childhood. <laughs> um, on the court, I was in. Um, I was in tenth grade. I think it was. I was in tenth grade, and we was in a tournament, and. Um, we weren't considered like one of the best teams in the Bay Area, but we like we had some talent, and we finally got into one of the good tournaments in the Bay Area, and we was beating people. And we played against one of the best teams, and we was down the whole game, getting blew out, and I started hitting a bunch of shots, took over the game, came back, and um, it was like we was down by two. One of my teammates come down shoot a shot, miss it. I get the rebound and I dribble all the way out to the three-point line and I shoot a three and make it with like two seconds left. I make the three, I take my jersey off and start yelling and got a tech. So we was up one. I take my jersey off, get a tech. And um, in, in high school, you shoot two free throws for a tech. So the dude hit two free throws and we lost the game. Oh, and I was just like, I was so embarrassed and like, damn, like I blew it. like. That was a moment that I just wish didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, people still talk about it to this day. Like, and that's part of the reason why I don't. Like you. I was just. That was a, a time where I was really realizing that I was good. So it was like, um, that's part of the reason why I don't celebrate no more. Like, I don't do extra no more. So. We want to thank Damian Willard for joining the show. Really help us get started on the right foot. Uh, as we are approaching the start of the 2019-2020 season. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And if you really like us and you want the extra special episodes with no ads, you can go to theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden and save 40% off a one-year subscription to The Athletic using our promo code. Again, that's theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back later on this week.